What is up, beer drinkers? We got another great show for you again this week. Not only do we drink some delicious, trust me, my beer this week, oh my fucking God, I, I have to go get it again. <laughs> That's how much I fucking love this. One of the best beers I've ever tasted. So fucking good. Anyway, uh, let's see, what do we talk about this week? This week, we talk about, ooh, I feel like Prince actually this week. Talk about controversy. We talk about McKellar, we talk about Arizona Wilderness, and we talk about, yeah, well, <laughs> inspired by John Gruden, the most controversial issues in sports, in American sports. Well, yeah, there's some international sports in there too. There's some Tour de France stuff, you know, that's, that's about all I'm going to spoil. Yeah, so this this show is going to be called Controversy. I, I wasn't sure, like every week when I record, when we record, you know, I then edit it later on in the week before this comes out. And then throughout the show, I, I come with up with the context of the show. And then I come up with the name based on that context. And I think I just came up with the name for the show. It's going to be called Controversy. It's a good song by Prince, too. I don't know if y'all know it. Anyway, don't forget to follow us on Untapped and Instagram. Cold Brew Podcast. And you can email us at coldbrewpodcast at gmail.com. I hope you all enjoyed the show with Elena. I also recorded a special Halloween episode with Amanda Bear Lecter. I I plan to put that out on Halloween, but maybe I'll put it out, you know, maybe a couple days before Halloween. Maybe like the, the Monday before Halloween. That that makes sense, right? Because if it comes out on Halloween, maybe you don't hear it till like the next day or the day after. Next thing you know is November 4th. And you're like, why am I, why the fuck do I care about a Halloween show? So, you know, I just, even though on Instagram stories, I said I was going to put on Halloween. Maybe I put it out before Halloween. All right. That's enough of rambling out of me. I've, I've been drinking a little bit. Drinking and editing. That's what I do on Thursdays. Just so y'all can get this by Friday morning, except for last week. Oops. I apologize for that later on uh, or early on in this in this episode. All right, I'm rambling now. So without any further ramblings, it's time for another cold brew. What's up, Chrome? It's our turn, baby. Beer reviews. We got the beer and the Gucci is beer news. We Gucci, baby. This ain't our job, <laughs> but we're still fly. You know we're the flyers. Barely pay our rent, pay cause our all our money is spent. Hey, you know that's right. On barrel eight styles Ooh. and barley wine. It's barley wine, We raise a glass to our heroes who have passed. R.I.P. Sports TV and movies too. Oh, pop culture. We talk about anything. Coming at you pre-recorded from Cold Brew Studios, I am Greg, he is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this week, man? No, not bad. I thought it Um, So I fucked up. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners noticed, but I forgot to hit uh, publish on our last show until like just about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, oh, geez. So yeah, it's uh what Saturday, October sixteenth, and I was getting ready for the sh- ready for the show. I open up the laptop, 
and there is there there it is our Podbean uh, homepage, and ready for the show to be published. And I'm like, oh, like I, I did one of those. Uh, I didn't really do a face palm, but like in my head, I did a face palm. Like, ah oh, man, you dumb son of a. Anyway, so I hit publish. I already put everything out on Instagram and anything and everything too. <laughs> oh shit! Oh well, it is what it is. Man, it was a long show. Like I couldn't believe we recorded that long last week. It was like almost two hours. Oh jeez, yeah, I know. I know we uh, we we did a little overtime. Yeah, you know we were you know we were feeling it. Like like we said, we went out drinking, so you know we kind of rambled a little bit, but. I don't know. I thought it was a great show. It didn't seem like two hours when we when we were recording it. I know it seemed to go by rather quick. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, let's get to this week's show and let's get to our beer, shall we? Sure. All right. So I have in front of me um, from all the way from is it Rockford or Rochefort or I don't even know how to spell it or how to pronounce it. Um, Belgium. I have. Uh, I'm gonna just. Uh, Brutalize, uh, brutally pronounce uh, this beer. Trappist Roquefort. How's that? Roquefort. Produced by Abbe N. D. San Remy. It is in a 330 milliliter, or yeah, a milliliter bottle. It's their 10 Belgian ale. Hold on a second. Have you had this one yet? I don't think so. Yeah, neither have I. How many Trappists? Well, you had that one uh, a couple weeks ago, right? The what was it? The Spencer's? Yeah, that was a pumpkin beer. Oh, okay, all right. Um, it was still from the Trappist breweries. Right, right, right. Yeah, so uh, Trappistis <laughs> Rose Four Ten. Totally, it's a Trappist beer. Trappist ale. Let's see. Uh, dominant impressions of latte coffee with powerful chocolate aromas in the nose. The alcohol esters are enveloped with hints of autumn wood, <laughs> autumn wood, uh, citrus zest, orange and lemon, and freshly baked biscuits. The initial taste is sweet, sweetly sinful. Beer and chocolate trapped in one single glass. A liquid milky draft with a, well, this is in a bottle, with a backbone of bitter malt. The alcohol warms the throat and in the finish you will pick up traces of cloves, citrus, orange, and mocha. The heaviest of the Roquefort beers, the 10, is a quadruple-style beer and can be recognized by its blue label. It's a, like a it's a tan label with a blue cap and a blue um, circle with the number 10 in it. But let's, let's get, get to the beer. Ooh, that's a good... Ooh, it's got that, that smoke that comes out. All right, what do you got? Smoke. <laughs> And hot comes in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of that, but I thought that was a stretch. But I, I love that line from Al Bundy. Oh, really, really, Pig? You make the biscuits where you open them and the hot comes out? <laughs> All right, what do you got? All right, I have a beer uh, from our friends over at Abita Brewery down oh. in Louisiana. And is it Nolens or just close close by, right? I thought it was close by. I'll look it up while you're while you're uh, uh, talking about your beer. All right. All right. Well, I have their uh, just their amber. 
uh, be oh, the okay. ember. Yeah. I thought it was, yeah. I mean, this is a year round offering. Uh, we'll talk more about it. Just, uh, it was more uh, just a beer I got because it, it hit the uh, it hit the season right. Granted, it's still nice over here. So not exactly fall weather. Um, it's really, actually, it's perfect. You know, you don't need a don't need a sweater. Don't need a a jacket. Just uh, you know, you go out and uh, you know the sun shining, nice cool breeze. That's neither here nor there, because I am drinking an amber lager. The Munich-style lager brewed with pale and caramel malts and German pearl hops. It has a smooth, malty, slightly caramel flavor and rich amber color. A bitter amber was the first beer offered by the brewery. It continues to be our leading seller. Amber lager is a beer's most versatile beer for pairing with food. It has been voted best beer in numerous Dorland's reader polls and used frequently in recipes of Louisiana chefs. Alright, so it's a lager uh, 4.50 ABV. The IBU is uh, 17. The color on a scale of 100 is a 15. The yeast is German lager. Malt is pale and caramel. Like I said, hops is German pearl. And that's all from the website. Available in six packs. 12 packs bottles, 12 pack cans, 24 pack cans, uh, and quarter <laughs> and half cake. They're from Abita Springs, Louisiana. Uh, so there you go. Well, that makes sense. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, just jogging. Over. We've done a lot of shows. I'm like, have I done this before? I don't think so, no. I looked it up right now um, uh-huh. while I was looking up the, the location of Abita. So I put it on the, uh, you know, I went through and tapped and yeah, it, there was no check mark next to it. Awesome. But with that said, cap off. Very nice. This beer is amazing. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was, I was, so I was at Total Wine this week and I'm like, you know, I'm going to go through and, and see what they got. Um, Stuff I haven't tried, and I I walked by the Belgian aisle first, just because I was looking for something else in the store. I was looking for some tequila, so I was uh, you know cruising the store, and some Belgian tequila. Yeah, some Belgian tequila, and uh, the Belgian aisle was uh, next to the tequila aisle. Let's put it that way. And so then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna see if I can find a good Trappist because after the uh, the lesson from uh, Professor Birkowski, uh, uh, what two or three months ago. About Trappist Ales, I haven't had one since then. Well, I haven't had one before then, but uh, for a while before then, but it's been on my mind. And so finally I was able uh, to grab this Trappist and I was like, you know what? I recognize the label. I recognize the name. I knew this was one of the Trappist Ales. So I grabbed it and man, this this is fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, they're right. I don't know how they can get such mocha flavors out of this beer. Uh, without having actually adding chocolate uh, cacao nibs <laughs> to the to the brew, and this is amazing as far as it's got a huge mouthfeel to it, very creamy without having any lactose or cream in it. Um, it I don't know if I taste autumn wood uh, just yet. Maybe it's got to open up a little bit. But yeah, there's a lot of mocha flavor, a lot of biscuit, and it's sweet with the there's a little bitterness to it but i i think it's not from the hops that's for damn sure 
And I think that's just from the esters. Um, this is an amazing beer. Holy shit. Um, I'm going to have to get some more of this. Now, it was like 7 bucks for a 330 milliliter bottle. So that is, you know, that's kind of pushing the envelope. You know, that's right on the edge for me. It's not quite out of out of my price point. But, um, yeah, I'm probably not going to get a, a six-pack of it. But I will definitely get this beer again. Holy shit. Next time I go into uh, Total Wine or Bevmo or any other place that sells... Um, I really wish I knew how to pronounce, uh, is it Rochefort? Rochefort? Anyway, this is, this is an amazing beer. Holy shit. I only took one sip and I can't stop smiling. That's the one with the numbers on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a tan, uh, label and it, this one's got the, uh, the blue tan on it. So yeah, the, and they, they have the, the eight and the 10 were the two that I saw on the shelf. And let me tell you about these shelfies over at, at the Total Wine by me. I went to the seasonal. And this is the seasonal, mind you. This is the ones that, that get rotated off, of, supposedly, anyway. And all the IPAs I looked, at, I looked at were, like, at least three months old. even Maybe even longer. There was one that, that was sitting on the shelf since, since June. And I'm like, holy shit, man. These are the rotational beers. And some dude just pulls up, has a shopping cart, and grabs all the four packs of Narwhal that's on the, that were on the shelf. There must have been like four or five uh, four packs that he grabbed and put in his cart. I'm like, oh, this guy knew exactly what he wanted when he came in. I was, uh, I, I loved it. I was almost like, hey, can, can I grab one of them? <laughs> like, it, it was like, uh, I didn't want it until someone else wanted all of them. <laughs> oh, shit. So how's your beer? Uh, sipping on it, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, almost a, dare I say, textbook definition of what an ambush There. There. Now, granted, it doesn't mean it's the best amber, does it? Not right. enough. Stay <laughs> tuned. Find out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we will untap these later on our untap portion of the show. And... Search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. But right now it's time for the beer news. Real quick, I don't know if this is newsworthy, but it's newsworthy for our show. I don't know if you remember, but I think the last couple of years I told you this October is when I start thinking of when I start looking for a new song for our theme song. For next year. <laughs> and, okay. and so then I just tell, uh, you know, on my phone, I have my phone plugged into my stereo and I say, play all my songs uh, shuffled. So I, I go through all my songs that are, that's in my, well, they don't call it iTunes anymore, but my Apple music playlists and, or anything that I got to, you know, and I found out like, even if I um, rip a song from, from YouTube, uh, for the show and it puts it in my my Apple Music app on my laptop it, it syncs it up with my phone because you know it's all under the same account and so then like yeah so th- some of those songs that I, I get for the show <laughs> come up on there but and so then I even have some, <laughs> I even have some of the sound drops that I make for the show come through <laughs> it makes me laugh guess what motherfucker yeah so here's a couple that came up uh, while I was driving in the, the past week <laughs> So, um, uh, Ghost Brewsters. That's, uh, that's, (laughs) uh, so yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, 
and, and, and you know, I was trying to trying to come up. See, the thing is that like I put on the song, and then you know, some most of the time I know all the lyrics, so then I try to see if I can throw in some of my own lyrics um, and make for a good show. It has to have a good opening hook or a good opening beat, and then the songs, the lyrics, got to come in almost immediately. The, those are the two uh, two of the many aspects I look for in a new one. So Ghost Brewsters, I thought was fun. Um, and then uh, Cold Brew Paradise or Drunkster's Paradise because Gates' Paradise came out. Huh. I thought that was, I, I think that, you know, been spending most of our life living in a cold brew paradise. What do you think? Well, I just thought of the original for that song. Yeah. It's called Pastime Paradise. It's to be wonder. It could be Draft Time Paradise. Okay, all right. Podcast Paradise? No, Draft Time. I know, but I'm, I'm throwing that name. Here. I'm oh. throwing that out there, too. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, that, that was a terrible idea. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, just the... Uh, yeah, it started. The, the process has started, so... Um, I think I'm going to come up... I'm going to try to come up with, like, three different ones and then play them on the show, like, in mid to late December and see what you think and, and maybe even our... our listeners and see if they have a, a see if they make a selection see which one they like the best what do you think it'd be kind of fun right Very cool. yeah oh yeah Very inclusive. yes there you go all right so uh, here's a couple stories that came up when i was looking through and we're gonna get to a, a big a big story later on that's been brewing in the beer world but this one's kind of fun um regardless of how you feel about elysian and you know their buyout from uh, AB InBev. They, uh, they're still doing some fun stuff up there in... Where is it? Seattle? Yeah. Uh, Elysium Brewing and Georgetown Morgue. Now, it's not like a morgue, like an actual morgue where they process dead bodies. This is a well-known Seattle-based haunted house. And they teamed up for a beer delivery. That's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. So you... Buy a four pack of their pumpkin varietal. And for two days, I think it's October 27th and 28th, team members from Georgetown Morgue will deliver it to you. Like all dressed up in their in their costumes. Yeah. That's kind of cool, right? See the, the breweries. I guess, but yeah. what's their pumpkin varietal? Okay, I was going to get to that. I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. So their variety pack, it's available nationwide right now, includes four beers. Their Night Owl, which is a pumpkin ale brewed with actual pumpkin puree and juice, and then spice during conditioning with ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and allspice. Their Punkachino, Punkachino is a pumpkin spice latte beer. Includes a short shot of Stumptown Coffee Toddy as well as a shake of cinnamon and nutmeg. Their Great Pumpkin is an imperial pumpkin ale with intense aromas of pumpkin but notes of sugar and spice. And finally, Dark O' The Moon is a smooth and chocolatey beer that is slightly smoky. It is brewed with fresh pumpkin and pumpkin seeds and also has a touch of cinnamon. So that's kind of cool. You know, I, I went on the website to see how much it would cost because like this got to be like a premium price right they're getting these people and it's like a promotion across uh it's a collab promotion and i was just wondering how much uh 
delivery costs would be. But then I got into like it wanted to know my address, probably to figure out the uh, the cost of uh, the price point of and make sure that you're in the area too. So once I got there, I couldn't. I didn't want to enter my address. I'm like, you know what? I, this is not worth it. I was just trying to find a find out the cost of shipping, but and it doesn't say in the article, but. Regardless, you, you still have to live in the Seattle area to, to get this. Not like I'm going to have them deliver it down to surprise. So I thought that right. was kind of cool. I, I, I just, I, you know, maybe uh, maybe others out there will, other breweries will start doing this uh, maybe next year. You know, it's a copycat world we live in. So um, have you gone to any haunted houses or are you plan to this season? Um, I was going to. It got canceled. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to make it oh, okay. before the Halloween season is over. Gotcha. Um, my my daughter wants yeah. to go um, to a haunted house. We're not sure if she's ready yet. It, those things can get pretty intense. Um, this. Yeah. I mean, I guess you got to find one age appropriate. True. Yeah. That's you know. Her. I guess so. There's uh, there's three out here that I know of that are pretty popular. One of them is called Thirteenth Floor. I haven't been. I just heard things, so I really don't know it firsthand. But it's uh, kind of like a. Uh, I think it's just in inside. It's an indoor one where it's all encompassed on uh, in, in a building. Then there's one called Fear Farm, and that's kind of like one I've, I've been to before, where there's like three haunted houses and there's a corn maze. It's all outside, and you know you get in line. It's kind of like almost like an amusement park type feel to it. And then there's Scarizona, which is the first time I heard of it this year. I saw an ad for it. And they partner with Taco Bell, so if you shop it or if you visit a Taco Bell store, they give you like a little coupon for like ten dollars off or whatever. So I haven't looked into that one, but I'm thinking maybe Fear Farm because they might have three different levels of of scariness. But I, I remember that one that was in Great America, though. That one was pretty epic. Is that the one that you were almost went to? No, I think you meant this season. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant like this. Yeah, uh, did no, they have this? no, it's a different one. Oh, okay. Do they have the uh, Great America one this year? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't mm. think so. For those listeners out there who aren't familiar, Great America is an amusement park in Santa Clara. It's, uh, it's owned by Cedar Point now, I think. Is that correct? That sounds right. All right. Anyway. Um, I don't follow too much on them. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you know, when, when your daughter... And your other daughter get old enough, you might um, be a regular. You might have season pass again. <laughs> Remember when we used to get season passes? Where we were like 11, 12, or 13 years old? We would go like every, yeah. like what, like twice a, twice a week? At least. Yeah, fun times. Uh, let me see. Um, Definitely. <laughs> I just remember because we had season pass, so it's free to get in. All the rides are free. And then we'd have like maybe like two nickels to rub together to try to put together lunch. I don't think we ever ate when we were there. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yeah, uh, yeah very sparingly. Right. Next uh, on the list is uh, you remember was it yeah, of course you remember the Game of Thrones beer that was coming that came out uh, through Alma Gang um through through the run oh, yeah. of the show. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Right, yeah. Um do you remember every I don't know you I don't know if you remember every single name, but do you remember your favorite one? Or has it been uh, too long? Off the top of my head, no, I, I don't. Okay. I, I know I had, I, I want to say, I think it was a, a 
Okay, so not the popular phrase, Bala Morghulis, but the other one, Bala Dohiris. I oh, think yeah. that was the best one I had. Okay, that, that's I the... That one, or maybe the Three-Eyed Raven. But w when they started getting with those, uh, I, I guess the last few seasons and, and those beers that are have kind of like that, that like uh, frosty, like uh, Grey Goose bottle feel to them. Yeah. A lot of those beers, they felt rushed. I didn't like a lot of those. Just like the final season season of the show, right? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> kind of went hand in hand. When beer imitates art. So, yeah, the, the Valor Mar Margulis, is that how you say it? Yeah. That's like the greeting, right? And Valor de Harris is like the response to that greeting? Right. Okay. Anyway, so there is a new line of Game of Thrones beer. Not by Alma Gang this time, it's by McKellar. And we'll get oh, yeah. to yeah, we're gonna get to McKellar in a minute. I thought, thought this was a good stepping stone story. Um, so this is funny. It's funny to me because Game of Thrones is a, I think disgrace is too hard of a word. A disgrace show. What, what would you say? Because that last season just left a bitter taste in everyone's mouth. What would you call it? Yeah. Not not a disgrace show. Uh, but. Was a uh, unfulfilling. Oh, there you go. An unfulfilling show is uh, partnering with an unfulfilling brewery. Oh, gotcha. um, I don't know if you heard of McKellar's uh, troubles in the last uh, few weeks that have come yeah. up. Does, does George R. R. Martin? <laughs> He's writing a book about it. <laughs> oh, dear. But uh, McKellar is getting in on the Dragon Knight King sword-based brewing game. They teamed up with HBO on a multi-year deal to launch a handful of different beers. And the first one, Iron Anniversary IPA, hit the store shelves April. Now they're set to drop three more this week. They are the Night King Double IPA, Ghost Visions Lager, and Castle Black Stout. Who, what's Castle Black? Who's, who lives there? Do you remember? Do you remember? Is that the Targaryen castle? <laughs> no, Castle Black was the uh, castle at the wall. Oh, okay. All right. I only ask because this the this new show is supposed to be focused on the Targaryen rule, right? Right. So what you listed off doesn't sound like part of the new show. Mm. So they're doing their own thing? Well, I mean, the wall would be there in yeah. theory. So yeah, the walls are part of that. What were the other names? The Night King double IPA. Yeah, so I'm, I I really doubt that this new show is going to have anything to do with the the stuff beyond the wall other than referencing it in conversation. Okay, and then Ghost Visions Lager. Yeah, I'm like the Sears in that power. Um, that's still a little bit later down the line or, way before, or still before the, the conquering. So I, I don't see that being, at least thematically, to me, it, it doesn't fit. Yeah, okay, because the next paragraph is a description of, kind of a description. The Night King Double IPA is an 8% ABV Double IPA made to pay homage to the leader of the White Walkers and the Army of the Dead. Ghost Visions Lager is a 4.5% ABV crisp lager made for Jon Snow's Dire Wolf. Uh, Castle Black Stout is a potent 11.3% ABV bourbon barrel-aged Imperial Oatmeal Stout. Made to pay tribute to the castle inhabited by the protectors of Westeros, the Night's Watch. So yeah, this is like uh Yeah, it's it's referencing Game of Thrones, not the not the new series, right? Right. So yeah, um 
But who knows how long this is going to last, especially after McKellar's uh, woes, so to speak. Have you heard of, have you, have you been following this McKellar um, saga lately? Um, probably not as close as you're going to break it down right now. So just go ahead. Let it <laughs> well, I'm not going to break too much down. Um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts. But basically what it comes down to is McKellar, the Danish brewery, has um, stories of surface that of, uh, well, it actually started um, surfacing a while ago. And they've been down trying to downplay it. They've been kind of, they actually kind of leaned into it a little bit, um, trying to spin it their way. And then just recently, they uh, they had a lot of breweries pull out of their was it um, I forgot the McKellar Beer Competition in Copenhagen. I think that's the MBCC. It's their beer festival, and. In fact, uh, just this past week, they pulled out of their own beer festival themselves because of uh, all these stories that started surfacing and coming to light. That, Or actually, they've always been there, but people are starting to notice now. And um, they they actually reached out pretty weekly, I might add, um, to social media on ideas of how could they could solve this problem. Like, Really? You, you guys have to ask us to fix your problems. That's That was my first thought. And they asked for ideas. So you know what my idea was? And I actually wrote to them. It's kind of a troll a little bit. I said that they should sell the brewery while it was worth something. And I was thinking. And my, <laughs> there you go. And my mind thought was, you remember, you know, Good Karma, right? Downtown San Jose. Yeah. Um, they had some stories come up of their of inappropriate behavior by their owner. And at first, I, I don't know if it's a, a man or a woman, but um, I'll just use, so I'll use the pronouns. They, they decided to, they said they, they were going to step back from, you know, the day-to-day operations and, and let um, some other people take over. And then eventually he or she sold good karma to somebody else. And so that's where my mind was like, Maybe you even stepping back from from everything is not good enough. Maybe you have to maybe just getting or, you know selling it to someone else and letting them take over might be the only way, uh, way to repair the name of McKellar. I'm not saying that is the way. I'm saying, but they were asking for ideas, and everyone was giving some great ideas, but no one was really going was approaching that fact. And I never got a response. I got a few likes from uh, different people. Um, on that post, but I don't. Um, I don't think shutting down a brewery or or um, closing it because that affects a lot of people. I mean, McKell is pretty big. They have a, a pretty large footprint in the craft beer community all over the, uh, the world. I think there's one in Paris. There used to be one in San Francisco. I don't know if it's still there. I know there's one down in San Diego. They have some um, spot in New York. So that that would affect a lot of people in that aspect. But definitely a culture has to change. And I'm um I'm trying to move well I'm uh, how are you, like I think we've talked about this on the show before. You and I are really into the cancel culture thing. I know you said before you let your dollars vote on uh, how you feel about certain subjects. And I agree to that to some extent. Um I would like to be more of a change culture than a cancel culture. I, I do feel that people and organizations um, 
should be held accountable, but at the same time, they should be also um, applauded and encouraged to uh, change from within. Because if people could change, uh, corporations can change, right? Companies can change, organizations can change. Right. So, and canceling no, someone. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh. Go ahead. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, uh, at, at what point, like, uh, what you call our, I guess, how many examples have to be made, you know what I mean, before change is going to happen? Yeah. Because this isn't the first story like this in the beer industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe something like some type of big action of some big overt action might get uh, people to change. So maybe in a way canceling out someone as big as McKellar might affect the industry um, in one way that in a positive way, even though it might be negatively affecting all those people involved in the organization or, you know, maybe them changing and seeing leading the way as an example to change might, um, inspire other people to change i don't know but yeah it's hard to it's an interesting subject yeah but one of the um breweries that pulled out and how do you feel about those who haven't pulled out you think they should be um do you think everyone should pull out or it's up to the individuals because like i see i saw people on the list or breweries on the list one example was firestone walker they are scheduled to be there and as of the last list i saw of withdrawals they were not on the withdrawal list they were still a participant um do you think i mean counseling those people i think would be pretty harsh too i mean i i am the ones who did withdraw cool you know good for you you standing up for what you believe in that's awesome the people who don't the breweries who don't withdraw i don't look negatively on them i mean that's i i I think they everyone's got their own reasons, right? Yeah, I mean, there's still time to withdraw or even uh, no show. I mean, you know, right. just because uh, oh, you're not true. on the list doesn't mean you're, you're not coming. Yeah, the self-serving breweries. Yeah, go through with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next thing I wanted to bring up because this kind of goes in, into that is one of the breweries I pulled out was a brewery from uh, from Arizona called Arizona Wilderness. And they just got um, exposed. And I don't know if you saw our post because it was sent to me by one of our followers um, about some stories that came to light, um, most notably about Aaron Dubell. And she was a, a brewer there at Arizona Wilderness. And I think it was during a, a party or an event. It was an event. I'll just say an event. Um, she had a, a keg actually land on her head or smash her head. And the owner just kind of uh, brushed it off, you know, said, you know, man up or cowboy up and actually just sent her home in an Uber. And then she ended up having like serious medical complications because of that incident. And it, obviously it wasn't addressed properly because I remember going to an, or, uh, an organized event at Irene's in support of Aaron. And to, it was like a fundraiser. And that's when I met a lot of people. I saw a lot of dignitaries from the Arizona beer community there. I think I remember seeing Brandon Richter there. I think Helton was there. Uh, Rob Fulmer, the executive director, was there. Um, I know I met the the owner of Oro Brewing. Um, the owner of Cider Core was there. 
I'm sure there was a lot of more people that I hadn't met yet, so I couldn't really tell you who was actually there. But from what I understand, like the there were some heavyweights there in the Arizona beer community. This was this was a huge. This is a big event, and uh, I'm glad I was able to participate and be there because they sold tickets. So like it was like uh, exclusive, and I got to meet Aaron. I met her wife, and they seemed really lovely. I mean, they were really nice. I told them who I was and. I didn't know it was as big of a story. I knew she got hurt and I didn't know the details of it until now, until this, this story came out. Had I known, I would ask her if she wanted to talk about it on the show. Now it's up to her, you know, if she wanted to talk about it, a lot of people don't like to talk. They just, you know, kind of want to move on. And obviously it's, or not obviously, but it seems like she wanted to talk because a lot of the write-up was actually by her. Um, and cause well, she, she was there, so she knows. And so maybe she would have uh, wanted to talk about it. But regardless, um, Arizona Wilderness is going through it now. And they are being trying to people are being trying to hold them accountable. They actually hired a HR person. In fact, the post I put on there, I was unsure of what to put in the comments on that post. So I said, hey, at Arizona Wilderness, you might want to give this to your HR person. Um, a lot of people think it's a little too late. Um I, on the other hand, think that, you know, that possibly they, sh they could, um, they could change too. I, I don't know if, um, I've heard stories too. I've, I've heard from a, a reliable source that they might be overextended, uh, because they opened their, their downtown, um, Phoenix location and it might not be doing as well as they initially thought. And so they might actually end up, uh, either selling or folding, um, I don't know if it's going to be soon, but that's one possible um, avenue that the, that brewery might go down. And it's unfortunate because there's not any other brewery out there that's exactly exactly like them. They do a lot of uh, wild ales and a lot of Arizona ingredient beers, and that's kind of like their that that's their their deal. But as you and you 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 and I have talked about before, a lot of these brewers when they open a brewery. They have the brewing acumen, but they don't have the business acumen. Um, now, granted, uh, sexism include and also like racism and homophobe homophobia and um, all the other isms that we have been talking about the last few weeks. That's not a business thing. <laughs> that's not a business thing. That is a that's just a human being decent decent human being thing, right? Pretty much. You should know that you don't have to go to business school to realize um, not to tell one of your brewer, uh, 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 a brewer who's a part of the LGBT community community that you're going to fuck her straight. That happened at the McKellar San Diego to um, Megan. I forgot her last name, but you can follow her on um, is beer a carb on Instagram. And I'm like, that's that. when I read that, I'm like, Ooh, I was I was I clutched my pearls. <laughs> like I couldn't believe someone actually said that to somebody. Like that's so disrespectful. Um, yeah, but, when when yeah. shooting your shot is not a good idea. <laughs> Holy shit, man! Oh man, that's <laughs> there's a lot of categories that could fall under. But I was just I, I couldn't believe that I uh, um, I don't know Megan personally, but. You know, through social media, we kind of like feel like we know these people, right? All these influencers that are out there. And just because of the her 
the way she presents herself in social media, I have a lot of respect for her. And and that not just for her, but like a lot of other people in the beer industry. And and, and when someone gets disrespected like that, it just it it kind of it mildly infuriating, like because I don't know personally, so I'm not gonna take it personally, but it's like it, it's just not right, man. I just don't like that shit. Let me see, where else was I gonna go with this? I'm trying to look up my notes while I yeah, so I just think it's uh, um, I, I don't know what else to say about the subject without seeming like rambling. So um, I'm going to keep an eye on this Arizona wilderness since it, it is in my own backyard and see how, how that goes. And I'll, I'll start asking around in the beer community around here um, how they feel about it. I know that a lot of people were, I don't know about shaking, but they were awakened by the post that that i made on uh, um instagram and i think uh if any and i even put wrote on there if anyone else has any stories or anything they'd like to share you know go ahead and dm us and so i um oh there was one more that's right there was one more thing in fact we did get a couple dms because of that let me uh let me go to it real quick oh yeah so like even uh rat magnet here we go Rat Magnet posted on one of her stories uh, just uh, yesterday. In fact, I think it already fell off. She posted this that uh, uh, it's important is uh, what's important is allowing them to be a held or is allowing them to be accountable and to give them the chance to implement changes and do better. And that's kind of like what I was what I was referring to as uh, in change culture rather than cancel culture. It is right to get upset at what they did and ask for you know and demand answers and and but also to demand change instead of demanding them, them to leave now sometimes the change is the owners selling to somebody else um see what else rat magnet also wrote team we are not here to cancel we are here for accountability if a brewery has taken the necessary actions and amend situations we need to acknowledge that uh, step one would be to uh, for the the breweries to um, acknowledge that something bad happened. Step two would be to take the necessary steps to change. And only time will tell if those changes take hold. Um, I think a good example or an analogy that would hit heart home with, with you would be uh, Bar Rescue. Like when, Jan when John Taffer goes in there and changes a bar, you know, and everything seems positive. They do the follow-up, right? Right, yeah, the follow-up shows. And and so, so uh, what are some of the outcomes that, that happen at, at those bars? I heard a lot of them still went under. Uh, right. I mean, but like some of them, like they, uh, they keep the changes, right? Oh, yeah. And some of them just like kind of go back to what they did before. Right. And, and that's kind of like what I'm getting at. And so like when these breweries make changes... Will those changes hold, or will they just slip back into what they always done because it's comfortable? Yeah, I, I I see that. I mean, uh, you know, he tries. You know, he, he has got good ideas. You know how the business works, but yeah, right. You know, people. You know that, that I guess you kind of like um, the whole ego of an owner thing. You know, exactly. They own the place. You know, they want final say on how things should go. And that's why sometimes they want the success to be on there. Yeah. Right. So that's why sometimes maybe selling the place is the best change. 
Okay. I'm not saying that it's the only way. I'm just saying that it is one of uh, the options. And so that should not be um, dismissed just because. Uh, but it, it comes down to an ego thing. The owner of good karma put aside his or her ego for the good of the of the business. And they probably got a pretty penny, too, by selling out. Or by selling. I shouldn't say selling out. All right. Um, I think uh, that's enough of that subject. But there was there is one more thing. One more thing in the news I wanted to bring up. Uh, you know the Instagrammer um, Untapped WTF? Right. Yeah. Uh, he or she, I, I'm going to guess it's a he because uh, of the way people have been talking about it online. Um, he got canceled. Well, he didn't get canceled. He got yeah. a cease and desist from Untapped. So he had to create a new account and it's called Pilsnerish. So we go to, yeah. if you were a fan of Untapped WTF and wondering why, or maybe you didn't notice because your algorithm changed your your feed. I was I, I didn't realize he was gone until a uh, little hot flower um, Alexandria Gray um, she she was on the show a while ago um, she put on her stories you know untapped WTF is back and it's at Pilsnerish right now he only has one um, one post he said he'll he'll be back up and running but yeah he and the one post is the cease and desist he got from from untapped so at Pilsnerish so P I L S N E R I S H on, and that's your Instagram follow of the week. All right, you know what time it is? What did the deceased in this say? Oh, this, what deceased? Yes. <laughs> um, here, let me come, come to it real quick. The cease and desist said, um, it was the Instagram help center, uh, said your account was disabled. I guess it wasn't more a cease and desist. Uh, your account was disabled. Possible reasons include but are unlimited to. And this part is highlighted. The first sentence is, we received a report from a person or company that the content you posted infringes or otherwise violates their legal rights, examples, copyright, trademark rights, etc. Uh, repeated behavior or infringing or violating a third party's legal rights. And then it gets cut off. So... Yeah, that's uh, that. Um, and you go to him, and he's already got 714 followers. And uh, the description says satire slash parody, RIP WTF, high level beer analysis, perfect 1.75 out of 5. So, yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back soon. Oh, the, his posting, actually, he wrote um, there is there was a singular formidable opponent to your Martin rating. Um, of two lays 1.75 out of five. That's a quote from, I guess, one of his posts. Um, it was reported by a company, and I get it. It blew up fast. A joke account with a confusing similar name, logo, getting thousands of shares often daily is a huge problem. But something clearly res resonated and filled a gaping void. The vast majority of the 36,000 followers were in the beer industry. This is obvious in the 50 plus DMs you sent every day. When people publicly shit on a brewer's hard work, being able to at least laugh at it absurdly while others is quite literally therapeutic. That shouldn't end. Nevertheless, the encroaching name and logo have been forcefully vaporized back into the matrix. We're, we're fresh as a Pilsnerish BA lactose alt beer on cask in unwashed proper vaseware. 
Saddle up, nerds. We ride again soon. So there you go. He's, he'll be back. All right. Now you know what time it is. Uh, possibly. Time for the cold brew list. As we As proceed, we proceed oh. to give you what give you need. need. So what happened in the football sports this week? We're not going to talk about baseball. <laughs> baseball? That's still, that's still happening? Yes. I thought the season was over. Um, well, the, the whole John Gruden, talk about cancel culture, the John Gruden emails. Right. Right, right, right. It's interesting how, how it goes. Interesting how that all played out with the NFL. Um, right. And it, it all stems from that Washington uh, football team. Uh, was it last season or the beginning of this season or in the middle of this last season? Oh, with the... Yeah, about the the ownership and how they were using their cheerleaders is like bait and yeah. all that stuff, or you know, the pleasure right. business associates and all the other shenanigans and partying that was going on, misogyny and everything. That was before. I think right. that was before Ron Rivera got there, though. Yeah, it was before Ron Rivera was there, but it got out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. While he was there. Right. There you go. Well, regardless, in part of this probe, they discovered uh, some emails sent by Gruden to, uh, to I forgot that guy's name now. Oh, uh, uh, Bruce Allen? Yeah. Right. And yeah, they had some content in there that was, uh, you know, uh, inappropriate, unacceptable on many levels, especially, uh, well, not just respecting others, but the whole uh, professional and uh, the whole image and whatnot is what got him what made him leave the Raiders right now, he, he didn't want to cause a dis- is, distraction right to the team I think that was the reason why he left yeah. or he resigned amongst other things I mean people will say like you know stuff like that you'll lose the locker room and he probably mm. did that's why they lost yeah uh, well I mean I'm sure that but, in, but, in any locker room there's going to be a, a certain group that really loves the coach a certain group that can't stand the coach and then the majority of them who are indifferent, like, yeah, you know, it's a coach. Right. So, so what do you yeah, get? It's like, yeah, well, yeah, and some of the some of that comes from like, well, the next guy's going to be the same. Might as well just play it as much as I can, you know. Right, and as you know, what, like, as, yeah, as, as you and I have, as you and I have uh, recorded in previous shows, that when a coach leaves, the team usually rally, rallies up for the next the next game. Yeah. All right. Well, real quick, before yeah. the Gruden thing, I have a list of the top 10 scandals in sports. Ooh, all right. Ooh, I like this. I like this already. Not all right. Number 10, the Tiger Woods scandal. Oh, man. Which one? The the one where he uh, he he ran his car up the road while his wife was through a club through it? Yes. That's okay. 2018. Or, sorry. 2009 Thanksgiving with Ellen Nordy. There you go. Number nine, they call it Operation uh, Puerto, but it was uh, in 2006. The doctor was found of with 200 uh, and over 200 bags of blood that implicated uh, 35 athletes of dope. Oh wow! When was this? 2006. Yeah. Wow, I don't remember that. Is this like a like a international scandal? Yes. 
Oh, okay. That's probably why. Because the local, or the the national media usually treats national stories over international stories. Or they favor it anyway. Yeah. So that's probably why I don't remember. All right, keep going. Number eight, the FIFA scandal that just happened about the uh, the guy resigning as president, and then fourteen people were uh, oh yeah, were yeah. In, indicted on bribery charges, including the the why the uh, 2022 Qatar World Cup is being there. That, that, that's just so bizarre. That even when they announced that was like eight eight twelve years ago, I'm like, what? Why? Why? What the fuck? <laughs> Why in Qatar about places? You want to go to a desert landscape like that? Meanwhile, I live in Phoenix. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of that one Simpsons where Homer was a, a referee. He like repped his his daughter's fucking game, and next thing you know, FIFA's calling to because he's he's untouchable as a ref, you know. <laughs> and then as the FIFA president um, was recruiting him. Uh, he was being arrested for uh, for some controversy <laughs> and replaced by another one. I just thought, uh, you know, it just came to mind. All right, keep, continue. I think I missed that. It was uh, uh, number seven. Past its, it, number seven past the Mitchell Report. Then. Oh, the Mitchell Report, yeah. So uh, for those of you uh, really, uh, really well covered in the Bay Area because of Balco and, and Barry Bonds and Miguel Tejada, a lot of other guys. Right. Uh in the Bay Area, uh, uh, implicated in this place, but the whole HGH thing. Yeah, and the clear and all that stuff, right? The clear and the yeah, cream. Yeah, the cream and the clear. Yeah. <laughs> and the flaxseed oil. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, wasn't uh, Rodriguez? Alex, Alex Rodriguez was in that too, right? Melissa. Yeah. All right, number six, Floyd Landis. Okay. The heir apparent to uh, Lance Armstrong. Oh, that's right. The Lance Armstrong way of Right, I remember that. Okay, so Tour de France is a uh, stained, if you will. Tainted. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not familiar with this one. They call it Bloodgate. I'm going to read about it in 2009. Heineken Quarter Cup Final. Uh, he, fl- he faked a blood injury to enable Nick Evans to return to play. A blood huh. injury, huh? Yeah. That's odd. He got a two-year ban. I don't know exactly what a blood injury is. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I don't know what blood. the Heineken Cup is. Is that tennis? Huh. I'll look it up while you're going to the next no, story. I, I, think it's, I think it's soccer because it's at a wing. Okay. Or it could huh. be a hockey too, right? No, we got a picture of a guy. Oh, okay. Uh, number four, classic. The 86 World Cup quarterfinal. Uh-huh. Maradona's Hand of God. Oh, yeah. That is very controversial. Oh, Heineken, that's rugby. Oh, okay. European rugby. Oh, yeah, the Hand of God. Yeah, that whole... It was a hand inside the box, but it went in. Not that, not that side. He, he kind of used his hand to corral the ball and then oh, kicked it. There you go, yeah. But, yeah, it was inside the ball, and yeah, he's not a goalie, he's a hand. Yeah, but basically, hands call that with him. Yeah, pre, pre, uh, uh, instant replay. Number three, your favorite 
Tanya Hart. <laughs> there have been countless movies about it. Have you seen that one with yeah. Margot Robbie? Nah. No. Oh, neither have I. Well, for those of you who don't know, know uh, Tanya Harding, is it her boyfriend or her husband? I think it was her fiance. Uh, anyway. Or, yeah. Yeah, they got some thug to, uh, to, uh, what you call it? Kneecapper. Uh, injure. Yeah, kneecapper. Um, kneecap, <laughs> uh, Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, O.J. Simpson. Oh, really? That's a sports thing. Yeah. All right. I mean, he was a he was an athlete, but it didn't happen, you know, during sport. Right. But yeah. No, I'm, I get that. Yeah. No, that's fortunate. Or at least it, he was retired from sport. Right, but he's like, he was huge. It was a big ass story. It well, developed the nation. All right, number one. Number one, and I guess this one uh, had a little precursor, and it is huge because of, uh, I guess, the span it was and what it did. It meant to the sport. Lance Armstrong. Oh yeah, yep. There was a yeah, and his then, doping and all. Even that. the whole like, yeah, and the, the live strong movement, all that stuff. I mean, it's, a lot of people feel uh, cheated, duped. Not yeah, that it wasn't a bad cause, just uh, what the cause they were trying to, uh, the support they were trying to rally. And, but he did, I mean, he did uh, back away from that. And it's still around. It's still doing good things. But at least he, he you know, kind of recused him. They, maybe they could have changed the name after that. But yeah, um, the uh, what it was based off of really, that's not what made you feel cheated. Based off a lie. Very good. Would you like to add any to those, or, or that's a good list? Um, I think that's a good list. Um, geez, I mean, I'm trying to think of a uh, thirty for thirty titles real quick. <laughs> like with my head. The Tuck Rule. Uh, that was in a scandal. <laughs> I know. It's <I> <laughs> just a bad call. A uh, fan base, yeah. Also, was Mary Donna. Well, you know what though, too? Yeah. Uh, the. Uh, the, what you call the, the the president of the, the football hall of fame retired today some say rather abruptly i wonder if uh stuff's going to come out about him oh emails. oh yeah i mean they're combing through a bunch of emails right who knows right yeah there's going to be more fallout I yeah think. i mean yeah there's that thing as much as uh you know the whole grin thing is uh he can't be the only one yeah it'd be weird if he was the only one and yeah. why why him I mean, who leaked right. it and why did they leak it 10 years after the fact there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered yeah alright great list love it how's your beer treating you good gone good it's almost gone <laughs> yeah alright we're gonna untap our beers right now and I remember this time cause it's actually still up on my untap list um Amber Hi. by Abita what would you like to? And we had thirteen friends who rated. I'm not, I won't go through all of them, but they're average of three point six zero. What would you like to rate this? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a three seven five. Oh, so right there, it has an overall rating of three point four two. So three seven five. Any notes you'd like to leave? Uh, let's see. It's multi. Multi. Yeah, it's um, 
Sweet. Sweets. And uh, the color of your energy. <laughs> you know, how'd you know that's the song I, I was playing for this? <laughs> I just, I just had a feeling. Why not? <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. All right. So check in. And that was a 4.5% beer, by the way. I don't know if you mentioned it before, but because I forgot mine. That's why I mentioned yours right now. Um, mine is uh, Trappist Rochefort 10. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. And this is 11. This is 11.3. Holy shit. This is a strong beer. Like I felt there was a strong beer. Um, I love this beer. This is this is a, one of my all time favorites already. And uh, so I'm going to give this one a, a 4.5. I absolutely fucking love this beer. You got to try it, man. Next time uh, you're in Total Wine, uh, grab it. The Trappist Rochefort. I'll, I'll send you a picture so you get the right bottle. This one is amazing. No, I, I know what that looks like. There's, okay. there's a 6, there's a six 8, and a 10. Yeah. And they're all different. I think one's like a strong ale, a, a Belgian strong. One's a This one's a quad. Belgian quad, 11.3% ABV. It has all the notes. It, it does. It's Like I said, it's got a big mouthfeel to it with... Um, notes of chocolate and 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 milk and or like cream creaminess. Um, this one's great. I love it. Four point five, and I will put um, big mouth feel and smooth and drinking and save and check in. Right on, man. Um. I just want to kind of go over uh, your visit last uh, last week because we talked to, you know, we recorded s- Saturday, um, but we didn't really talk about uh, the breweries we visited. What did you think? What did you think of all three? I th- you've been there before, right? All three of them? Except for no, Throne. No, well, Throne was the only new one. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, and then, yeah, and then uh, TC, uh, BC. Yeah. Uh, I was at their old spot last. Right. Okay. So uh, yeah, I mean, did you did you have a good time? Is there anything you like to um, add or talk about the trip? Oh no, I, I liked everything. I mean, it was it was a great trip. It was fun. Um, those breweries ha- have great beer. Um, yeah. And then even too, uh, I can't go over everything, but even because uh, like Richter had some beers from what's called Beer Institute. Oh, BRI, yeah, Beer Research Institute, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah, so even though uh, Richter makes uh, some pretty good beers, uh, they still, uh, you know, uh, feature, I guess, what, guest beers or our fellow beers yeah. from Arizona. Guest taps. Um, yeah, guest tap. Um, what's it called? Throne, uh, smaller place, however, really good beers. So that stout I had from them. Oh, that's the Spot Warhammer, around. yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. And then the other one was... Uh, it was the first one of that list. And see, I hate when I do that when I start talking about beer and I don't know exactly what it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. But even checking out, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Westgate Center and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I saw a, uh, a, a parking lot fight after the, uh, the game. Oh, you the did? And, uh, I'm, I'm like, oh, hey, there's a movie theater. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That was pretty wild. That Fortnite party they threw, right? That was huge. The, yeah, the one was, we saw that on was Saturday. Than the last few times we went. Yeah. 
the yeah. fan rally. Yeah, the fan. They had Frank Gore there, Roger Craig, and and John Taylor signing autographs for an you know for a few obviously, but it was still cool. They had those three guys there. What would, who which 49er would have to have been there for you to say I want to spend this money to get his autograph? Would it have to be like uh, Rice? Yeah, Rice or Joe. Okay, yeah, I was thinking that too. I would do it for Ronnie, but that's because he's my he's my favorite. But I, I would still, yeah, I, I get in line for Rice or Joe, definitely. Maybe even Steve. But yeah, anyway. yeah, I can see that. So fun. Uh, the Niners have a bye this week, so we don't have to worry about. It. We could just have them heal up. Uh, do you like a early buy or a late buy or right in the middle? Um, you know, it just depends how the team's doing right now. Yeah, why not get an early buy? Um, maybe you know rally and uh, and get back on track. Um, you know, a middle buy seems the way to, to balance your uh, your, your uh, season. Yeah, yeah. And, and a late buy, I mean, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, you're rolling, and by the time your buy uh, uh, hits, you know, it's a good it's a good needed rest for everyone. There you go. So you have a lot of philosophies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned it too. I, I'm I'm a fan of if you're gonna do buys, why don't you just do two buys a season too? Ooh, I mean, yeah, it'll make the season, season longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll make the season longer for for ads, and you know it kind of balances the whole fact that uh, you're gonna you're gonna um, Heal get up. both the early buy and the late buy. Yeah, yeah that's true. Some, some healing time, you know, put the player safety thing. And then another thing I wanted to do <laughs> is. Is balance the bias. You know what I mean? Like have all of the like NFC West off at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see that. I think it's the algorithm they use to to make the schedule. They put in the parameters and it just spits it out that way. But I think too, I I like the two by thing. They they probably have to say you know, like there's gotta be at least four weeks between the buys. So that way you're not, you know, a buy in week seven and buy a week eight. You're off for like two weeks. No, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> And then you had a Thursday game and a Monday night game next, so there's even more days. No, I totally get. Anyway, I like your ideas. I think you should run for commissioner. I should. <laughs> All right, man. Anything else you'd like to add to this episode? Um. No. No, not at all. All right, cool. Thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew Podcast. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic. And we'd like to wish you cheers. Until next.